Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All right, we are back. We're going to open the show by talking a little bit of soccer. In case you weren't paying attention, uh, Minnesota Loons, a one-to-one tie with Seattle last night. And head coach Adrian Heath joins us right now. Adrian, uh, how do you feel about a tie at home? That's three ties at home, but uh, you know it's, it's much better than a loss. But uh, you know that's, Seattle's a good team. That would have been a great win. Yeah, it was. I think that the most important thing, fellas, is the fact that we've played the last four games, probably, you know, three or four of the best teams in their respective division, and we've all been held our own. Um, you know, I thought for probably 30 minutes yesterday, the first half was as good as we played since I've been the coach here. So as much as it's a disappointment, we didn't take all three points. I've got to say that I, I was really impressed with the way that we approached the game, the way that we played, and... Um, you know, as I say, it's not an ideal result in the end. But when you consider the team we're playing with, their history, tradition, the amount of money they've spent on that group of players, I think it bodes well for the future. You've also got a lot of future and a lot of buzz about that stadium and what it will do for you. Uh, last night was a perfect example with a nice night like that. We're, we're just starting to get into the nice weather part of this thing. What has that meant and, and how has it surprised you in terms of kind of this instant atmosphere? Well, I think that's the thing, the instant atmosphere. It's been, it's been like from day one, you know, we, we're talking about Seattle. You know, they play it where the Seahawks play. They get like forty to 50,000. The one thing their staff and players were talking about after was the atmosphere that we generated in the stadium with 20,000 people. It was, it, you know, our supporters have been magnificent since I've been here. And I know that if they can keep that level of noise and enthusiasm and drive... And into the players, then we're going to be fine. You know, it's it's three draws and a win at home. Not ideal. We would have. I think we've certainly deserved maybe a couple of more wins in there. But if we keep that going and keep playing the way we are and keep our crowd involved in the game because of the way we play, this is going to become a fortress for us. And that's what we have to try and make it. Adrian, I have a son living in Seattle who shares season tickets to the Sounders. He assured me before the season that we had absolutely no chance uh, against his team. So I can't wait to get on the phone with with him and talk about last night. What what are the what is the situation with with the turf on on the pitch? Is is that coming together early? There were some people saying it it still felt new and had some settling in to do. Yeah, I think the fact you know I, I feel for the groundsman because at the end of the day, he can control a lot of things. One thing he can't control is the weather. And you know, we've had a pretty yeah. rough winter and spring's not been so kind to us so far with, you know, we had that little blast of snow again. And it's basically, we've just got to wait for everything to start growing. You know, we, we have, it's not been warm enough for the, for the grass to start growing. So it's like a new field. And as much as, you know, uh, Ryan, the groundsman's working every day to try and make it better for us, you know, there's no getting away from it at this moment in time. It's, it's not like, you know, every time you go and plant your foot to, sort of kick the ball or do something aggressive, a uh, movement, or the, you know, the turf's moving. So it's not ideal. We're going to have to, you know, we've got another couple of weeks now before the next home game. So let's hope the weather changes and we can start making it, uh, you know, what it should be because I know how much the club have spent on 
not only the turf, but the undersoil eating, etc. You know, we've got grow lights. We've got, we couldn't have done any more to actually help the ground. But in the end, Mother Nature's sort of uh, winning the battle at the moment. Adrian, one of the things as we come to uh, to understand the MLS is it's a league of transactions as well. And uh, uh, you moved one player, you sell a player, there's players on loan, all those things. What is the when you go into a season? Do you just anticipate the roster is going to turn over to a great extent to fifty percent, twenty five percent? Is there any formula there? Well, obviously, we're incrementally, you know, day by day, month by month, trying to make the squad better. You know, we have transfer windows, we have little windows within the year where we can actually do deals, um, and and you never know because. Suddenly you get somebody who comes to the fore and a player who comes and starts to make the team better that you didn't imagine. So that changes the situation for other players. I think the most important thing is that, you know, we bought five players in this summer and all five of them have had a huge influence on this group. You know, I, I, I know we're very, very close now to competing at the top level of MLS. Now we have to, you know, we can't rest on a level. The fact that we bought five in, Let's make that seven. Let's make that eight. We need to keep pushing the envelope. We need to keep making the squad better, more competitive, competition for places. And that's what we've got at the moment. You know, nobody would have said that we could compete with Seattle without Darwin Quintero on the field. Yesterday we did. And we were, we, we were excellent for long periods of that game. But we have to keep getting better. We have to keep moving this forward. You know, we've got an incredible new stadium. We've got incredible fans. Now we've got to keep moving this team, this squad. We, we, want, we need to make this better. Adrian, uh, a lot of our listeners are just learning this game along with us. You made an announcement during the week of a couple of friendlies that, uh, that you've scheduled. Could you talk about what are friendlies? How do you pick teams to, to, to oppose uh, in that situation? Well, I think the, the most important thing is for, for our, our supporters and for young people out there. We, you know, we've got Erta Berlin coming in, huge name in German football. Probably it's the most supported league in the world, the German Bundesliga. You know, so we're taking a team that's that's really high level, com- competitive in the German Bundesliga, and we're also taking Aston Villa, which is one of the most storied in English football. You know, they've got an opportunity to go back into the Premier League this year. They're in the playoffs now. So it, it, for our supporters, it gives them an, an an opportunity to watch what I consider to be the elite level of, of soccer in the world. So, you know, it's going to be a great opportunity for our, a lot of our younger players, people who have not had minutes. But more importantly, if you're a, you know, a young family out there, a father who's got a young son, this is an opportunity to go and see some elite-level players. And I think, uh, you know, it's going to be a good test for us. Well, as they say, the best is yet to come because as these nice nights go and that uh, stadium keeps filling up, I think it's going to be one memorable uh, uh, summer for you, Adrian. Yeah, we've. We, I I can't speak highly enough about how our supporters have been. You know, it, it's not been. It's been a. You know, two years. It's been. It's been tough for us. You know, the first year was really tough. Second year we got better, and we've gone again now. You know, there's a lot of money and expense and time been spent building this club to what it is now. Now, from my position and the coaching staff's position, we have to keep pushing these players to make the not only the game day experience, which is fabulous, but because the supporters are and making that a game day experience. What we're going to do is make sure that the team plays at the highest level every time we go out on the field to make this place a fortress. And it's becoming that way. You know, yesterday, you know, for a long periods of the game, I was looking at our crowd and thinking, this is, this is proper. This is, this is as good as it gets. You know, we just have to keep pushing that now. Keep making these players believe that this is the place they need to be. 
keep trying to entice big-time players to come and play here. And if we deal with that atmosphere and the way that we're playing at the moment, we can make this a fortress, which we need to be. Adrian Heath, we appreciate so much your joining us this morning, giving us an update uh, on the Loons. Wish you uh, the best of luck the rest of the way, and we'll keep our fingers crossed along with you for the uh, the return of that nice, warm spring weather. Mm. Hey, thanks, fellas, anytime. All right, that's Adrian Heath back with more after this. Sports Huddle, said Dave and Mike. All right, let's move from uh, soccer to basketball. The Wolves made a big move during the week. The person in charge of the search to bring in a new head of basketball operations is uh, Ethan Gasson. And Ethan joins us right now. Ethan, uh, looks like you started with a pretty big list, but from what I read this morning, everybody's happy with the outcome. Yeah, we're really happy with the outcome. And, and good morning, guys. Uh, we've got an exciting day planned tomorrow with the press conference that will take place at Target Center at, at 10 a.m. But yeah, the the process was uh, was was pretty intense. Started with a, a pretty wide range of folks, narrowed it to about four, um, and ultimately Gerson Rosas was the one that we felt really really great about, and um, really excited again for tomorrow and to get things going. Fill in the blanks, Ethan. You were impressed with him the most because why? You know, there's so many things uh, about him um, that were impressive um, as the others. Um, but you know, this, this was somebody that, that came in, um, not just to interview for the team. It really felt like he was interviewing, uh, to work and, and have oversight of the Timberwolves team. And, and that really felt and resonated throughout the, the day. Um, this is one of the most dynamic front office executives in the game. Um, he's a visionary. He's very innovative. Uh, he knows what winning looks like. Mike, I mean, this is somebody who's spent 17 years inside the Houston Rockets organization. And if you think about the level of success that they've achieved in that window of time with the types of players that they were either able to develop, uh, trade for, um, get through free agency, um, it's, uh, it speaks volumes to his role in that. Um, and, and something else that really jumped off, you know, jumped out, he's held every position. I mean, this is a guy that started as an intern you know, working in the video room for the Houston Rockets. And, and here he is uh, taking on this, this job for us. So we're excited. Uh, he's, he's got a relatability to the players, um, and, and he's ready to come in and execute not just, you know, what we want to do for the upcoming summer and season, but really even as far out as three to five years and what this potentially could be. You know, Ethan, it's hard to make uh, projections this far in advance of what's going to happen, but I'm going to go on a very short limb and taking a look at the percentage of three-point shots that the Timberwolves have uh, taken over the last several years. I'm expecting, based on what's going on at Houston, that we can look for that number to grow significantly. That's <laughs> a great. Uh, that's yeah. That would that would be an interesting statistic to measure uh, from uh, from where we were and and where this potential could go. And you know that what 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 will be interesting is you know that'll be something that is identified you know you know as we go to the next level, which is you know is the, the the coaching piece. Um, Gerson has known Ryan for a long long period of time. They'll spend uh, a lot of time here together in the next few days, really talking about style of play. Um, to, to your point around three-point shooting, you know, there's so much more to this game now and, and the style of play with our roster and the consistency of that style of play, I think, will be at the top of their list. You know, you know that's interesting because uh, in talking to you the other day, it sounded like uh, certainly Ryan has, has a, um, I don't want to say a lead in it, but uh, but yet he's still open to listening to, has there been any definite decision made? Does he open up the job and post it? Does he, does he wait and see how he feels about Ryan first? Is there, is there any... Uh, uh, schedule that way or any any uh, direction that he's going? Yeah, I don't think there's any schedule at this point. I mean, certainly tomorrow 
we we kick everything off um, and it's and it's official. And I, I think you start there. Um, one of one of the the points he made during the process, uh, as well as to, to Glenn Taylor, uh, was his his not just his support, um, but his belief um, that we've already got a, a great front office that that in a lot of ways. Um, this is this is somebody that, that wants to come in and partner. Um, certainly, there'll be a, pro- a process of evaluating everything um, that a front office executive needs to evaluate. His relationship with Ryan is is something that goes back years and years. But yeah, that'll be that'll be something that that those guys will start to kind of map out starting tomorrow. Ethan Sid has just joined us. Sid, Sid Herman, Ethan, how long will it be before you decide? Uh... The players are sign them or not sign them. Yeah, I think uh, uh, I, I think that's something that Gerson's going to have to 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 get in the weeds on very quickly. I'm I'm imagining he's been you know already thinking about that um, as he's as he's prepared for this. He's shifting you know you know completely over. Um, they're flying in later today, uh, and he'll hit the ground running, Sid. And, and, and yeah, you're right, the, the roster and, and what that ultimate looks like has got to be at the top of his priority list. So, Ethan, do we hear you saying he's, he's not only been hired, he's actually going to be in the office and keeping regular hours starting this week? Yeah, yeah, he'll be, he'll, he'll, uh, he'll be in actually some, some point this afternoon with his family, Susanna and his twins. Um, and, yeah, he's, he's, he's officially – uh, the president of basketball operations and, and is a hundred percent committed to, to hitting the ground running. And there's, as you guys know, there's some really important deadlines coming up. Yeah. You know, there's the lottery, uh, there's the workouts in Chicago. So this is somebody that wants to immerse themselves in our company with our staff, uh, with our players, um, and, and make sure that we're not, we're not losing any time. Um, as we get prepared here for the next few months. Ethan, obviously analytics in Houston kind of went side by side there for a while. It was one of the first ones that really got into it with him leading the way. What is it, what, when I say analytics and he, what, what does that mean to you when you think about his hire? I think it's, it's something that he's been able to utilize. The Rockets have been able to utilize um, very well. It, it's, it's, it's what makes Daryl Morey, the general manager of the Rockets, you know, really one of the, the true pioneers in the NBA when it comes to, to, to the data and the analytics portion of the game. Um, what I really liked about Gerson's approach is I think it's a combination. I, I don't think he's somebody that you're going to um, get to know and, and think that everything and every decision is made through the lens of data analytics. Um, but this is somebody that's very comfortable um, understanding it and then, and then you know applying it where it needs to be applied. And that's that's on the court as well as off the court. So I, I think you're going to see a, a really nice balance. But it goes back to his level of experience to be able to have that exposure with Daryl throughout all those years. You know, you take you take from some of your mentors and some of the people that have helped you along the way, and you shape it to make it your own. Ethan, we appreciate uh, having you on so much this morning. We're looking for maybe we can get Gerson on here next week, get to know him a little bit better. We'd lo- love to have that happen. Absolutely. We'll, we'll, we'll get working on that and really appreciate the time this morning. And, and tomorrow's going to be a great day. Looking forward to seeing you guys. Good luck with Thanks, that tomorrow. Ethan. All right, that's Ethan Casson back with more right after this. Sports Huddle, Sid, Dave, and Mike. All right, we are back. Let's talk a little bit about that Timberwolves team. Uh, Mike, we were talking. I mean, there's a lot of work to do here because if you look at Houston, look at the Timberwolves, they don't look at all alike. And the Timberwolves are certainly not built for three-point shooting. No, last night was, I mean, that Golden State-Houston game was a great game at the end. But it's in the NBA, in the last, I don't know, seven minutes, 
It was just one-on-one. The, the, yeah. Final half of the three, trying fourth to get quarter. A three, and, yep. and it's Harden and, and Paul trying to get a three. And, and if that, I guess that's the style today. I don't see that in, in that situation, the Wolves would have had a tough time competing unless Towns can become more like Durant. Yeah, I mean, the roster that uh, moves that they're going to need to make to, to build a team that has multiple three-point shooters. Multiple. Yeah, I mean, right now, by far the Timberwolves' best three-point shooter is Towns, and, you know, good as he is, that takes him away from rebounding. Yep, and, and um, I don't know where, I, you know, to me it all starts in terms of the offseason with Jeff Teague, the $19 million. I mean, he's a really good point guard if he wants to play, but I assume that he doesn't really want to play here based on what we saw this last year. So good luck with that. Can you get rid of him? Can you move him? Somebody's going to pay him $19 million no matter what. And I don't know if any if Teague has it in his DNA where he'd go, hey, move me to a team that's a playoff contender, and I'll go all out. I don't know. But to me, that's his first uh, priority. Sid, what kind of moves do you expect the Timberwolves to make under the new uh, head of basketball operations? They're in very tough shape. I mean, the salary cap has got them up and down. And now they got a big payroll. You got Tipito to be. You got a new head president of basketball. This guy, this new guy, uh, he must have known what a tip shop he's got. You know, I'm sympathetic to a lot of arguments in the NBA guys, but money doesn't bother me. There's so much money in the. There's so much money. I used to be $20 million. Jeff T., where are you going to find that table change? The profit margin is so huge right now for these teams and the escalation of value for exactly. the teams every year that, that that's not, but you just have to play by the rules of the salary cap. So you have to manage that as the problem. All right. I want to preview a little bit about what's going to happen. First of all, I'll tell you, some people may have thought we we're only beyond until 11 today. You can include us in that. When the twins announced that uh, time change, uh, we had to scramble a little bit, but when we come up in the next hour, we're going to hear from Mike uh, Zimmer, Randy Sampson, and what went on at Kentucky Derby yesterday. That'll be fun. Richard Patino will join us at 1030. Uh, Danielle uh, Robinson of the Lynx will join us uh, at about 1045. And then we got more guests in 11 o'clock clock hour. We'll keep our eyes open for a chance to get you involved. I'll announce that in advance. We'll be back here in about seven minutes to continue things. You've been listening, are listening to Sports Auto with Sid, Dave, and Mike. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.